0: You're listening to The Great to Greater podcast with Tiffany Rufino, where we talk about all things business and life. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Great to Greater with Tiffany Rufino. I am here with Mr. Jeffrey Rufino. Say hello, Jeff.
1: Hello. I'm here.
0: You're here. Well, you're over there. We're a little further apart.
1: Yeah. But that's all right.
0: Yeah. I was going to start singing like a Broadway tune, but we'll spare the audience that pleasure um (laughs) so uh how was your week
1: um it was good it was was, um interesting just good it was interesting interesting we'll we'll say we'll leave it at at interesting
0: okay yeah we could do that we could do that i respect your interesting um over good because now i'm recalling your week (laughs) um so yeah my week was eventful uh very busy days And I even posted a picture of it because I had um, an event uh, one night that, you know, went later than normally I am awake for. (laughs) Yes. Even though I'm a night owl, which is weird, but, you know, we have like...
1: We have our routine. Yeah,
0: we have a routine, kind of like a schedule. And then the next one was super early. And um, a lot of people that uh, know me know that super early is not a thing for me unless I'm Traveling or, you know, things like that. Like I, I can Unless accomplish there's a it.
1: very compelling reason.
0: Yeah. I, I can get up early. You just don't want to know me um, at that point in my life or in your life. Like, just give me a couple hours for my brain to wake up. And it's not even even a caffeine thing. It's just, uh, uh, that's just how I'm wired. Um, to be honest,
1: it's not even a slow ramp. It goes from, like, asleep to, like, then there's a switch that goes off. And, okay, I'm ready now.
0: Well, I think it's more of my body is just in routine mode of, okay, do this, do this, do this. And my brain is starting to uh, warm up, you know, and that's where the slow ramp comes up that you're talking about. But it does take, my mom says it's like 92 minutes. She's like, it takes before I can get a comprehensive thought out of you. And I'm like, yeah, okay, I could buy that. Um, but if I sleep in a little bit, then I think it's a little quicker for me to ramp up. Uh, you know, it's just, just how I work. Anyway, so... Had the uh, uh, first event, um, which was, I mean, both events were awesome. Um, they were just two completely different kind of events. Um, and got to get to know a lot of people on a personal note at the night event. Um, it was in a personal setting, and, and um, it was really nicely hosted, and um, just it was just a good time. Right? It was you know easy, it wasn't nerve wracking, it just felt very natural, it felt like um, everybody in the room was supposed to be there and that was cool. Um, and then I get home, prior to the event by the way, I went into my closet and I thought I had an idea of what I was going to wear for the night event. I didn't know if it was going to be like dress up, dress down, be casual, business casual, comfortable. I probably could have asked. but I was just like, let me do my thing. Well, my thing turned out to be, you know, 20 outfits later, and I'm still not happy with what I'm wearing, but this is what I'm going with, right? Um, And I think as I ran out the door to you, because I didn't want to be late because I had errands to run prior to, I was like, sorry about the bathroom. I'll fix it, like, over the weekend. Bye. (laughs) (laughs) And then in the morning, the same thing happened. Now, I did pick out an outfit when I got home the night before, I was like, I'm not going to do what I did yesterday. I had all day to plan an outfit and I didn't do it. Let me plan for the morning so that this way I can be not as rushed. Everything could go a little smoother for me since it was going to be an early start. Um, Well, that didn't happen because the Tiffany at night is different than the Tiffany in the morning. And apparently they both look different and like different things. So um, I doubled up on what I did the night before to the bathroom. So my entire closet was on the floor including my shoes my clothing everything makeup was all over my bathroom sink it was just oh this will be fun to come back to <laughs> um but went to the second event uh that morning i i really wanted to support a friend who was speaking um at the event and uh you know hear what she was teaching as well and i got an opportunity to meet different people which was exciting as you know because I haven't. I you know, and um I think about after COVID, I'm like, how often have I really gone out and done things that are, you know, what we used to consider consider normal? And um, you know, like uh one of the uh, ladies that I met, Diddy, uh, super sweet and she's got like a great podcast and she has great messages on TikTok and on Facebook and we're really aligned and she loves um, the theory of the secret. So if you um, want to get involved with her stuff, definitely check out the secret first, so you have an idea of you know where she's coming from. But so like I I say that to say that she was at the event because it was somebody that I was familiar with because um, you know humorously enough. Both the person that was speaking and also Diddy and a couple of other uh, women that I've met were at the event the night before. So there was some familiar faces, which is nice. And then there were new faces. So it w- I was able to ease into it. And I I don't think I consider myself an introvert. I think I am when I need to nest because I've um, put out so much energy for whatever I was doing for the day, whether it was, you know, um, working with people or doing the speaking engagements or prepping for things like that. And then I come home and I'm just like, okay, I just want to be home. There was a point where I was traveling so much that, you know, home was like a vacation because I was always out in a hotel. So there was yeah. no need for me to really like aspire to be that. But what I noticed was, um, it it was still weird being at social events and trying to figure out for myself what's normal. Um, because you know, I've gone to family events and things like that. You know, the birthday parties and uh, weddings and and such. Uh, for those things, but for business, um, you don't like it was always my thing, my go to to shake hands immediately. You know, prior to COVID, shake hands with everybody. You smile. You're passing out paper and business cards and all this stuff. And every I like, mean, in you-
1: some cases, it's even like a go to to hug.
0: Yeah. Yeah. If it's somebody that, you know, you're seeing and you haven't seen them in a while or, you know, they're just like or if it's after the event and they felt really connected to what you were saying, then, yeah, they're coming to you for a hug because they just felt like really um, attached to what you said or you inspired them or motivated them or just like touched on a point that really drove it home. Yeah. Um, but I, I didn't realize how weird I was going to feel just walking into the building, um, like one of the buildings for the second event, sorry, for the morning, we had to do the temperature check and they had the thermometer planted on the wall in this building. And it's like you have to go up and it beeps and then you check your temperature and then you're allowed in. And I'm like, oh, gosh, like, okay, places are still doing this. Got it. You know, and just <laughs> like, you know, so, oh, going back to Diddy. So Diddy had invited me to go um, get coffee and we were talking about how funny it was that like people don't do this that often or like we haven't done it in a while individually. And we're like, Oh yeah. Like this is why they have chairs here. Cause people actually sit and get coffee as opposed to being in their car and getting coffee at the drive through and then just going away and singing to their music and not talking to anybody actually inside the place or like meeting or, you know, going to restaurants anymore. And I think about like, when's the last time you and I went to a restaurant really yeah. like, and it was just funny. It was just interesting in the interactions and how. You like, know, now that
1: you mention it, it. I used to like, even while you were traveling, like I'd meet up a friend at, at like for breakfast or mm-hmm. something. Like right before work, you get a call. Like one of my buddies would just call me, I was like, hey, hey, let's grab a, a thing. I haven't done that in ages.
0: Yeah, especially with you working from home and yeah. now me as well. And it, you know, it's different when you're working in the public already. And you're already like next to a restaurant let's just go grab something to eat like after work or let's go have lunch or, you know, hey, I can drive and blah, 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 blah. But when you're not in that environment, it's very easy to kind of fall into yourself and, um, you know, forget that there's a whole other world out there, mm-hmm. um, you know, and I think about how does that also change business and networking and, um, like how do we lean into it as opposed to fighting it or trying to get to get back to AKA what used to be the norm. And, uh, I think we got to stay away from that phrase of what used to be the norm and understand, no, we have to create a new normal for this period of time. And there's always going to be a new normal. There's never going to be the normal. Right. So, um, with that, I, I went back to the digital business cards because, a, I find it's quicker. B, I find that financially it just is a smarter move as opposed to buying a box of business cards and then one thing changes and that whole box is you know, obsolete. And it's eco-friendly. It's very eco-friendly. <clears throat> um, I personally use Popple um, and I have a bracelet that's waterproof and all I have to do is hold it under um, somebody's iPhone or Android and it gives them all my information. It pops up with my uh, bio, it pops up with my uh, business phone number, with my email, with all my social media profiles. So bam, they have everything right there. And it also pops up um, prior to you seeing my information, there's a lead capture. So the person has to put in their information and then I gain their contact information so I know how to reach out to them and vice versa. So, you know, I think that's like one of the ways that people are going to It's easy to communicate because nothing has to touch, right? And you could use a digital card if you want to, where it's just one card that you hold on to. Um, I think it might be a challenge at events, unless you use the QR code like we use. That was really popular at our event. Um, We had a huge poster. We blew up QR codes for different links on the website for uh, people that want to be either a speaker on the podcast or if they want to... Have a commercial on the podcast or if they want to book with me and then if they wanted a link to the podcast so that they could subscribe. Um, and that was great because if the table was busy, other people could just go up and take a picture of the QR code and then do it on their own at that point. Um, so I, I don't know, I just, um, it's been on my mind and seeing as how it was recent, it was just, you know, a couple days ago that this happened and thinking about how we are always looking to innovate and help businesses and help leaders forward think um and get away from like what we talked about what was it uh not last week the week before about you know go back to basics or think outside the box right like whether you have to write down a message for somebody who is unable to hear you or you know you have to macgyver things because you know the electricity went out and now you have to go back to pen and paper to write down customers you had and add tax to the total so that you could enter it into the computer (laughs) later it it happens quite often Um, especially in Florida you know with like the weather and how it could just four o'clock during the summer it's guaranteed to rain and pour like for 15 minutes and then you're good but it knocks out power you know sometimes for those 15 minutes and you gotta figure out how to move forward but I think um, the little things like that those small little details that Weren't so obvious. Like we were so comfortable with just being comfortable and trusting other people. And now we're sitting here and we're like, you can't always eat food from other people's homes because, you know, you don't know how they take care of their homes and like all the TikTok videos that you see of like yeah, like the cat hair is all over the food or the dog hair is all over the food and stuff like that. And people are like, if you're going to bring food to a work party, it better be packaged and sealed and all that stuff. And it's like, wow, like, mm, okay. All right. So it's, we're advancing towards a different level of things is I I guess what I'm trying to say. And so with that comes different term terminology and different business practices and I think what's funny to me is that businesses are so quick to adapt to change when it comes to like, uh, the food that they want in their cafeteria you know, at the, at the office, um, and coming up with terms such as the quiet quitting and how people should go above and beyond, you know, when they have their job and, um, quiet firing that we've talked about on past episodes. And now there's quiet hiring. and so the thought of quiet hiring, in in my way of explaining it, have you heard this term by the way?
1: Not until we did the pre like the show pre work. Yeah. So you, you, I knew that we were going to be talking about it, but I had not heard the term prior to us having. You know, we have our pregame. Yeah. Of
0: like, hey, should we talk about this or that? And I'm like, yeah, yeah sure. And then I start talking about my events and. <laughs> Um, the new noise, just to so. take <laughs> it
1: back a second, if anybody is wondering when uh, when Tiffany said Popple, that's P O P L. Yes, and they don't they do not sponsor the show. It's just um, a a platform that we we use and we like. So this isn't an ad. It's just a free endorsement for a product that we like, and um, you know, check it out if you uh, if you want to do all the cool stuff that uh, Tiff. Was talking about.
0: Yeah, and there's different variations. So, you know, I think Google might have one. I think there's a company called dot um, dot, then dot com. <laughs> 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 um, yeah, you know, so do what works for you, um, whatever works within your budget. Always be smart that way. I learned that the hard way. I think we both did, um, you know, just uh, putting a lot of money into things that we weren't yet prepared for and that just weren't necessary for. Uh, what we were trying to accomplish, and this time around, we've been a lot smarter and have gained um, a lot of knowledge and uh, benefited, you know, by being smarter about it. So, you got to learn through your mistakes as long as you fall forward, um, which is like a good phrase uh, that I've been using lately. But anyway, back to quiet hiring. Um, that was a terrible segue. You're just going to have to work with me falling forward. Um, quiet <laughs> hiring is something that has been uh kind of spinning around on the internet you know linkedin always has the business topics and the hashtags and things like that of what's going around and quiet hiring has been circulating recently and um i guess it comes back to like the employee side i mean the employer side of things and that maybe and i feel bad for H R in this respect because they're they're put in such a uh, awkward position sometimes maybe there's somebody that is on uh, or in a C level position and C level meaning CEO COO CFO you know anything that starts with the letter C um, this is not brought to you by Sesame Street they are not a sponsor as well. <laughs> um, <laughs> And they're maybe they're approached by the president or shareholders or stakeholders or whatever, and they say we want this person to uh, leave the position, but we we have somebody in mind that we'd like you to interview just on the on the down low, like keep it quiet. This person doesn't know that they will no longer have a job soon or that they're being stepped down or whatever the case may be, but we want to have somebody in place and get them hired and trained before we tell this person they no longer have a job so this way we have somebody that could transition right into it smoothly and there's no freak out from our shareholders or and you know any of the other members of the team that are not aware and it could be an easy and quiet transition so we're going to go through the hiring process and um, you know we'll set a higher date for the time frame that we are going to have to let this person go so that's kind of like what the quiet hiring piece is um some people may view it as it's more of like the employee going to um, get hired somewhere but no you have that with the quiet quitting right you know like usually an employee will have a backup plan or a part two of what they're going to do and that's why they can just quietly quit and you know just get by on their job and give their two weeks and already start at their new job right so this is the other side of it in that um, the hiring department is given a directive to go ahead and interview, whether it's somebody that they already have as a candidate that they were um, recruiting and, and trying to bring over to the company without anybody knowing, um, maybe even the same industry. For And I'm just gonna use this as an example. Let's say you have um, Toys R Us and they are looking to hire the president of KB Toys and um, bring them over to Toys R Us. I know, I'm old. Um, Jeff's giving me the face. <laughs> I just didn't want to use, uh, companies that are currently, like, you know, going through it right now. because um, I don't have any insider secrets and I don't want to start rumors. <laughs> um, so, you know, Toys R Us might want to bring over the president of KB Toys, so they might, you know, start discussions and things like that, not telling their own current president or anybody within the company that a change is about to occur. Usually the, um, change is very... Uh, I don't want to say cutthroat because I think like in moments like that, you should know if you're on the chopping block, you know, honestly.
1: I think the term is sudden. It's it's like when the change happens, it's sudden.
0: It feels sudden to everybody else Correct. because they shouldn't know um, if somebody else is in trouble or what their performance reviews are like or things like that unless the person that receives them shares like all the gossip or whatever. Uh, but yeah, sudden is a good word for it. Um, Sometimes it feels uncalled for. Sometimes it feels personal, especially if you already have a backup plan that suddenly, like you said, sudden, um, moves into the position. And people are like, oh, so you had this plan. Like, and then trust is lost within the company because it's like you've been planning this all along and he had no idea or she had no idea or they had no idea. And you just like cut them and let them go and escorted them out of the building that day. And so... Um, I think that there's a ripple effect that happens from that and I want to hear your thoughts on it now that I kind of framed you know the quiet hiring part.
1: I think the first thing I want to do is make a distinction between quiet um, hiring and quiet firing in that quiet firing takes a while Mm -hmm. right and um, there are a lot of like little I don't want to say passive aggressive but like subtle things that you do to phase somebody out not necessarily trying to bring somebody back in you're just trying to get rid of this person
0: yeah and you're trying to do it in a way where they make it happen it's like gaslighting them to fire themselves yeah really that's the best way to put it
1: whereas quiet hiring involves i would say it's a little more sinister because you have a person in mind and you're almost hedging your your bet with the with the person you're going to fire keeping them in a place where they're still producing or doing a thing until such time as you can bring them on board make the the change yeah And and
0: negotiations have to happen and you know like the meet and greets and all that sort of stuff
1: it's i think it's different from looking at say um field employees or middle management employees where When you're gone, you get your Cobra paperwork and and a a slap on the back. Did you say Cobra paperwork? Yeah. (laughs) Here's your new insurance that costs 100 times more than what you paid before. You get a pat on the back and you're out the door. And and if you don't have something, you don't, you know, that's it. With C-level employees, now that I'm thinking about it, usually they have some sort of a contract that, you know, it may not be what, what we traditionally call like a golden parachute, but it will be something that gives them something to take with them, like a, a much a severance package. Yeah, a much more generous severance package than you would get if you were, say, like somebody in the in the main office, front line kind of thing. Um, that said, I still think, you know, one of the things you talk about a lot is is integrity, um, and integrity in business is important. And you did mention just now that you lose trust. And so with that, I think if the business as a whole does not want their employees looking for outside work while they're working to replace a job, like a lot of companies get really skittish when they hear, when they get a phone call from someplace saying, how long has Jeff worked there? They now know you're looking to leave without telling them anything. So if they don't like that feeling, then it probably isn't cool for them to implement that feeling on somebody else, where, you know, somebody, the the person who, all it takes is one wrong calendar invite, and the person who is replacing you might be coming in at the same time you are, and you're like, oh, who's that person that's meeting with my boss? Right. So it's not a feel good when I, when I hear it from there, from that point.
0: I think there's a bigger um, circle than just that one. So going back a little bit, it doesn't just happen at the C level, right? I was just saying that for an example, Yeah, it can happen at director levels, at manager levels, All different levels, honestly, you know, if you have a certain amount of spots that are budgeted for your department, your area, and you're full, but we really want to get this person in because uh, we just either we connected better with them, they have a better uh, job resume or performance uh, reviews, or, you know, we know them from the industry, we know they can get different results, greater results, that sort of thing. This is the person that we need to replace so-and-so with. It can happen on any level um, for all different reasons. So, when I think about the web that this casts, you know, I know the term is like really casting a net out there, but I think like Spider-Man, like, and you know, <laughs> that's not the sound he makes either. But you know, <laughs> creating like this web of trouble. Here's how it can affect everything. Right. The biggest thing now is employers are complaining. No one wants to work. They can't hire anybody. Um, employees are complaining that, you know, very quickly, as soon as they're hired, they're getting laid off because of the way business is now, the way that people aren't spending as much money and they just can't afford to keep the people. I remember when I was, um, on LinkedIn and job hiring sites left and right, um, putting out hundreds of feelers and resumes and, um, things out there because there were, new companies that were popping up, uh, this is probably like 2021 ish. um, And they were all advocating for the employee work from home, you get all these great perks, and they were just like, growing so quickly. And um, now the majority of them, I see Uh, hey, I just got laid off from this company, and um, if you could just pass my stuff around or repost my information, I'd greatly appreciate it. I'm looking for a job here. And it's companies that I initially applied for. And you know, in the moment that I applied for them and you get that automatic digital uh, response because uh, they go obviously through a system and filter out the people whose resumes don't have the keywords that you need in there to get the role, I had to learn... Or relearn that rejection is protection, right? And it's just the universe working you towards what you're supposed to be doing, what you should have been doing all along, but you had some lessons to learn along the way. Um, and so employees lose trust because they're like, you know, even the big name companies are starting to do layoffs. And now, if I see that so and so who's been with the company seven years um, and uh, all of a sudden is, bringing their stuff out in a cardboard box and you already have this person that is starting tomorrow and having a company meeting talking about, uh, yeah, we're going to merge departments and we're going to let people go. And we're also spending money on X, Y, Z and this, that, and the third, and we're going to change some things here. And there's like a, wait a minute, what, like what else can change? And if you're willing to do that at the top, then y- you have no problem doing that at the level that I'm at. right? And why is this so sudden? Absolutely. Why was there no communication about it? Why was there no <clears throat> like soft launch of a new um, person that's going to be leading this company, whether it's into the ground or into a greater place? And like, it's not that the employees have to uh, approve of what their or who their new boss is going to be, but they do have to um, be led by them. And if there is no cohesiveness between the communication, the directives, and getting to know the employees and what they need moving forward, uh, then there's going to be a huge like a mess up right there. And then the other side of it is, if a person is lured from another company to go to the new company, well, the original company is also put in a position right of well they might lose trust in their employees because who else is being lured by company A from company B? Who else are you going to take from us? And, um, you know, whether or not there's like an NDA in place or if there's a non-compete that's in place, uh NDA being like a non-disclosure agreement, meaning that, you know, I won't share information that we decide on within the contract, blah, 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 or a non-compete saying, okay, for Like when I leave this company, I will not go to a competitor for maybe like six to 12 months after my last day in order to not bring information that's current from the company you're leaving and, um, not to take any like vendors or information with you. Cause usually by six to 12 months, it's already changed at that point. So, you know, companies aren't fearful of you leading into that. So I think it becomes, you know, business is its own entity, its own world, and, um, it's going to happen. People talk, people, that's the, you, you got to be friends with your competitors. You got to be friends with, you know, people in the industry. You have to network. Um, I, I think, you know, it's a good example. Sometimes the TV shows, cause that's the best way that you can explain the analogy. But, um, we were watching new Amsterdam, uh, which is, you know, similar to like a show like Grey's Anatomy, but not exactly, Uh, And there was a shortage of medicine after COVID, like all different types of medicine, like uh, antibiotics or like pain medicines and also, uh, you know, medical devices like the ones that read the oxygen and the tubes that they need for breathing and everything else. And um, one of the directors of the hospital finally put it all together and said, "Okay, let me get everybody on like a five way conference call and because he was looking for medicine, also, and everybody on the call was able to like connect and get what they needed from each other. So, having that connection and knowing those people, so you could reach out and say, Hey, I need help in this area, or Hey, are you seeing the same business trend that I'm seeing? Like, you know, I'm not afraid of competitors. I want them to be my friend, I think, or, you know, at least like in some capacity, I want us to connect um, because we each have something different to offer. And, uh, But in this sense, it could stop all that. And I feel like when the communication stops, not only between employees and leaders, but also between businesses, then we have a problem because businesses aren't challenging each other to do better. And um, there's a lot of trust that's lost. And when you lose the trust, then you start to lose the customers too, because they feel it in the stores. They feel like something's changing. They feel like less money is being somehow not put into the company because the store shelves look bare and it looks like it's going out of business. And they're like, maybe I won't shop here as often and I'll find something that looks like a little more stable because there's customer loyalty there. You know, when you get good quality from a store in their customer service or in their products. So it all trickles down and up and around the company when you're doing something like quiet hiring and, you know, tying that back to quiet firing um, they could go hand in hand, um, but you know, i I don't think it's I don't think it ties into quiet quitting unless the perception is this is unstable. <clears throat> this isn't feeling like a place I could trust, and I gotta find a second thing to do.
1: Overall, the business is the one that drives the overall message and drives the culture individual employees can affect it but the business has to know what do they want to be seen as and we've actually um, heard stories as recently as this week of employees who are unhappy with where, where they are and when that happens forget communication they hear things that they want to hear in places where thought yeah and places where it wasn't even said mm-hmm. in order to continue a narrative in their head that everything is going wrong but that narrative is started with the company the company has to drive the narrative that we are like if you're if you are telling your employees that you're transparent don't get caught keeping secrets outside of the ones that are necessary, you know, with NDAs and disclosures and things like that. But um, when when you're driving a specific culture, you want to be consistent and you want to have your employees feel that you have their best interests at heart, even if it means admitting that hey, we made a mistake or we're we're going a different direction because this wasn't the right way, but we want to keep you guys in the loop. The employees aren't part of that decision-making process, but they should be in the loop as far as what is coming.
0: And I think that um, ties back to our Balenciaga episode, right? In the communication of how they were going to do their marketing and then the communication of who messed up that uh, campaign up so you can go back and listen to that episode on how do you handle the communication there and and the aftermath of that of admitting and being vulnerable and being humble instead of placing uh, blame due to ego or whatever else may be involved but going back to what we were talking about as far as um not necessarily the quite quitting but the having a uh a a quiet income on the side, uh, is a coin that I'm terming, um, or is a term that I'm coining, um, the quiet income. (laughs) And it, for me, that means that you have, and this is different than our podcast where we were talking about, you know, working your passion and like taking something that you've crafted and now you're selling it on, Like Etsy and uh, like all these other shops and things like that. This is a little different. So there were a couple of stories in the news that uh, caught my eye and I thought about it. And I'm like, I'm not sure. Let's just talk about it. okay? so we're not sure
1: where the plane lands on it.
0: Yeah, where the plane lands on it. But also it was part of my like how this how I feel about this for business. Um, from the mindset of leadership and the employee. And uh, one side I can understand, one side I don't. And uh, so let me just backtrack. Sorry about that. Um, Okay, so on one side of it, you have a couple of stories about police officers in uh, different areas. Um, Mostly the articles that I have seen are related to female police officers. I haven't seen... Not to say that there's not, but I haven't seen anything regarding um, any other genders being uh, called out, uh, for lack of a better phrase, for having an OnlyFans account. Now, um, I'm going to keep this very PG, so in case you're listening to this in the car as you're taking your child to school or or whatever the case may be, OnlyFans is really more of an adult content website, which um, a woman runs, which I just found out about. Uh, she just took over and, um, you know, you have to pay for the content on there. There There's some celebrities that are on there that charge, I guess, like whatever they decide because, you know, everything's shifting and how people make money and with movies not being prominent in the theaters for them to get like the kickback from that. They're looking at other ways to bring in income, um, you won't catch me or Jeff on there. So, you know, sorry to disappoint you. (laughs) You could do, I guess you could do a subscription fee or one time fee, depending on whatever the content is. I'm not sure, but usually it's a little racy from my understanding and it could go from a little racy to extremely racy. And then it could get like, you know, private rooms sort of stuff, you know, and personal requests and people get paid that way. Um, so going back to the police officers, uh, specifically there was one female police officer who uh not during work hours in her own time was uh has an OnlyFans account only account and was posting a provocative you know stuff on there and i guess in her I'm guessing right now, but I I guess there's profile pictures that you can kind of go through to see if you want to subscribe to this person or if you want to pay them money to see more whatever. I can only imagine that's how her um, you know, force found out that she was doing this, but she had pictures on there and she had a lot of um, provocative videos and things like that and and racy stuff on there. And uh, she ended up getting fired. Now she was making more doing OnlyFans anyway, but she was still a uh, quiet incoming <laughs> from the OnlyFans site, right? You follow me so far? We good? Got you. We good. Now.
1: Very generous to say that it was the profile picture.
0: Well, that's that- the only way that I could assume because imagine you're brought into a meeting by your boss and they want to talk to you about your OnlyFans account. Now, if there was no profile picture, how would you know that I have an OnlyFans account? And that's even more of an awkward conversation to have in the first place. Right. And why would it affect you? It, like, as my boss Mm -hmm. with me having that account. Now, here's where I understand it and I draw the line for this particular situation. She was wearing some of the police gear in these videos and in these pictures, where it could identify Mm -hmm. the department, her badge number, like, you know, and then also the gun belts and like her equipment belts and the hat and stuff like that. I understand now you're representing the department with that, but it's also you're not using this within the safety protocols of what you're required to do and upholding the, like the standards. In, in that case, I totally get that. You know, especially from a police uh, point of view.
1: Um, yeah, I agree, a hundred percent. I also think that if your clientele, let's say your clientele has zero is the police. the people
0: that you arrested?
1: <laughs> but that, that's actually where I'm going is like yeah. if your clientele knows that you're a police officer mm-hmm. and they then from there guess that you haven't told your job that that's what you're doing.
0: Well I don't think you have a need to if it's not during job hours.
1: Well here's the thing. If you didn't do it maybe there wasn't a need to but one could guess that Maybe you don't want them to know, which to me, if you're a police officer, could compromise you. Right. And now you have the potential for somebody saying, "Well, okay, look the other way when I'm doing this thing, or I'm gonna tell your your job about this thing that you're doing." And you know, using only OnlyFans, it's, that's kind of a polarizing thing. I think that could happen for anything
0: or like dating if, apps, right? You know, but you have but like... even
1: even non personal stuff, like if. if for example, I have a day job and whenever I've done side projects that even remotely touch on my day job, I let them know, hey, this is a thing that it's coming up that I'm doing. I just want to make sure you're OK with it. And really, it's more so that um, there's no deception, but it's also so that if somebody had some nefarious intent on on one of my side projects, everything's above board. I don't have to worry about them saying well, I'm gonna tell you know your yeah. job that you're doing a little project management on the side or web design well, or whatever. like that
0: because even with um, the clients that I work with, I let them know, uh, and and it's in the contract. Like I'm not going to work with somebody else that's in the same industry or that is a competitor of yours in the time that we have allotted because that's a conflict of interest, right? Like, and I don't want anything to be similar and I want it to be customized for you. And should there be an opportunity where something is slightly similar, it is my responsibility to communicate to you. I have this opportunity. Do you have any information that might conflict with me working with them? And I also make sure that I provide my clients with an NDA, letting them know that I'm not going to release information that's not publicly known already um, about their practices or what they do or things like that, unless it's illegal activity, then I'm, I'm required, you know, in my position to report things like that, being part of like the uh, APA and in in PSYOP, which is uh, the Society of Industrial Organizational Psychologists. So, you know, there's like a standard that you're upheld to, and I just got to protect that.
1: So I think we're on the same page as far as that. Um, where I tend to, and I don't think we disagree. I think we're also going to be in agreement with this part is because I think you, you kind of, uh, intimated to it that when you're on your own time, how much do you have to tell your, your job about what you're doing? I would,
0: I would like to think that OnlyFans is not a competitor of police departments. Yeah, um, that, you know, would be, the, that would be that would be a fair statement that's in there. But I do think that um, wearing her legitimate gear does place the department and also, like you said, her in danger, whether it's, you know, she pulls somebody over and they're like, hey, don't you have an OnlyFans account? Mm-hmm. You know, and like, oh, like, how does that work with being a police, you know, and um, just situations that wouldn't normally occur in her case. So um uh, as far as, well, let me, let me go to the next story. Cause this is a little different. Um, there was, and this is most recently a parent that was told that she's not allowed to come into the school or participate in like the PTA programs or, um, uh, any programs really within the school. Like she can pick up her child or if her child is sick and she has to go inside that sort of thing she can do or parent teacher meetings. But because she has the only fans account, she's not welcome inside the school. Now the school I do not know if it's a private or public school, and I do not know if it's a religious school or, um, again, a public or a private school. So I, I, sorry that I'm lacking on that information, but a, unless she shared it with other parents and you know maybe shared it with other moms that I'm making buco bucks doing this, or maybe the child said, I help my parents set up the camera and then there's like a child protection service like issue in there uh, I don't know how the school found out about this and again that's an awkward conversation for a principal to call a parent in and be like so we heard about this OnlyFans account that you have and and, and I had to look it up for myself to make sure it was true and while it's very entertaining it just doesn't fit the policies of our um, the parent is your client not your uh, employee and I don't feel that the school gets to place restrictions on a parent and uh, the the building that their child is in um, i I just it's you can't fire a parent for uh, from going to the school and being a, a part of what their child is doing based on what they do outside of there. I just unless it's something like drug dealing, um, something illegal, yeah, something illegal or something that's going to be a harm or a threat to themselves, the kids, the the school, or whatever. Um, other than that, you know do what you do. Uh, I, and I would probably sue the school for that restriction, which I think the parent is doing. Um, now in place of a job, first of all, if I'm, if (laughs) I'm not going to refer it to me, if there is somebody who is doing a quiet income, right. Or moonlighting, as you had shared earlier, um, before we started talking about this, if they are doing that, you got to think why Are they not making enough money? Are they doing it because they don't trust that the company that they're with is going to sustain them long enough to have the career and and the things that they need in order to um, live their life and provide for their family? Um, You know, you just got to critically think about that. But A, I don't really think it's your business to ask the employee that um, and refer to OnlyFans. Now you can sit down with the employee and talk about um, you know, performance improvement plans and talk about, you know, let's uh, see where you're at with what you're making right now. Um, what's your next goal for your salary or your income, depending on if they are, um, you know, a, a salaried employee or if they are a commissioned employee or even hourly, you know, like what are those goals? What do you think would get you there? Now, some things are uh, kind of already in place like you know hourly might get a three percent increase every year and that's it i remember one time i was it was like you're salaried but you're not it's like you're guaranteed to make this amount of money per year it's just you still have to clock in and clock out and um you can get overtime and that sort of thing but at a minimum you're definitely getting this for your salary and I remember uh, the first year that I was there and, you know, they were sitting down doing performance reviews and it was a 10 cent raise. And I was like, um, what? <laughs> like, that's not a thing, you know, and the, the company previously that I was and it was still the same economy. This was before the economy broke down in like 2007, 2008. Um, the, con- the economy I was previously with, um, the raises with them were like 12 percent annually. So I was really stunned by like a 10%. And then I had to talk to my employees and say and be excited about you're getting three cents this year on top of your hourly. Like I know you've been here for 15 years and you're always sweating and working your booty off. And this is what we're rewarding you with, you know, and trying to delegate that message. So if my employees had only fans because of that, or for whatever they had to do for themselves, Hey, uh, I'm all about it. Let me help your business grow.
1: (laughs) Maybe, maybe they're sustaining fine and they want to take a cruise every year, or maybe they want to retire at 35. Um, I'm I'm very iffy on, like this starts to touch on where some people have contracts that have like morality clauses, where a company finds out. Contract like that. Well, some of them do, and I think you find them more in. Like some of them, like you'll you'll hear like sports teams will have a morality clause or something like that, um, where they can cut a player if they're doing iffy things. But I'm I'm well,
0: who gets? I'm you know, just this is newer for me. So, who gets to decide what the morals are?
1: That's the that's the thing. Especially
0: when you have coaches and owners of those sports teams also stepping out of what morals would be
1: yeah but that's that's the thing the organization What's good the ends goose. up saying hey this thing was something we considered a breach of your morality clause and and this kind of this thing kind of seems like that like if you don't want people to do that on the side there are some companies you work for where they say you're not allowed to do any side jobs you are this is your only job Maybe it's because it's a sensitive thing, or maybe they're giving you incentives.
0: I would think like for um, doctors or nurses that are with a hospital, and they're not like traveling uh, nurses or traveling doctors, and they're uh, strictly like licensed for that. That could be, yeah. Yeah, I could totally see uh, something like that put in there for sure.
1: But when you when you start becoming like the morality police for your employees,
0: or for your clients, or
1: for your clients. Um, I think that should rest with you going up to, like, write your congressman or write your local legislature or whoever and say, hey, I don't want this thing to be legal. If it's a legal thing that you can do and it has protections built in, which is, you know, Kids are not gonna stumble upon this thing or whatever. It has all the protections that are, that are supposed to be built in. Then I don't see anything wrong with it. I would say what you mentioned, where the um, the one person was using their their work gear, that seems over the line. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, it doesn't seem over; the, it is over the line yeah. because um, you're trusted to use that for specific things. Even I mean, I would equate that to like going out hunting and taking your police revolver and like and um making that a thing but when you're in business and you're you start like limiting people or when you have a client and you start limiting people in their personal lives i suppose if it's a religious school and then the morality is defined by the terms of the religion right but outside of that and that's even that is kind of
0: well yeah because then i go back to well how did you know about it yeah
1: how do you know about only
0: (laughs) like i need to understand that foundation first before i have a discussion Mm because if you hear like oh like let's say if it, it is a church and assuming that you know the people of the religious whatever religion it may be uh you know say to you i heard that you're on facebook and that's not really allowed but their perception of facebook maybe because they've never been on the internet in that case, is they think it's like an OnlyFans. So first of all, I would want to know, well, how do you know about Facebook and what do you think it is? Like, mm-hmm. I need to gain understanding of that. Or is it just gossip, you know? And um, I read a meme the other day that says, you know, tell your friends different stories about your life so when they all gossip about you, they could just argue with each other about the truth. <laughs> I thought that was fantastic. That's clever. I, don't I like that, that one. I'm, I'm too honest to do that. <laughs> too a fault.
1: That's really kind of more up my alley.
0: Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and not because of dishonesty. I just mm-hmm. I, I just like, you know, discord. The banter, yeah.
0: Yeah, um, yeah I th- I think there's probably certain categories of businesses where you can say like for my employees and the business that you represent or for the safety and things like that because you can get stalkers i mean there's But you can get stalkers from Facebook or, you know, Instagram and everything. Where else. You can get
1: stalkers working at a retail store.
0: Yeah. And if you watch enough Discovery TV, like I probably watch too much. You know, I have a plan through from A to Z about, you know, how to protect myself from stuff like that. But the Internet makes you vulnerable and um, it can make the people around you vulnerable as well. But I don't think that it's the responsibility of a... um, business to judge the client on what they do outside of being their client and having a school tell this mother that she can not participate in all it's not like she's going in there and whatever and doing whatever she does in OnlyFans you know I don't know what it is that she does some people just do pictures some do videos some like I said personal requests so I don't know what category she falls into but It's she's not like advertising it there. As far as I know. Like if she was advertising it at like the PTA and like, you know, at the bake sales and like has a QR code to link to her OnlyFans, yeah, there's a problem there, absolutely. But um yeah, I'd probably remove my kid immediately and sue uh based on something. i you know, just to make a point. It wouldn't even be a or at least have
1: a really long conversation with a lawyer.
0: Yeah, for sure. Um, just to bring the the topic to light and and go from there. I, but I think it's going to be different for uh, our audience, and it might cause divide in what they believe to be the right thing to do. You know, um, based on you know, I mean, let us know. Based on your beliefs, do you place judgment on people that do that and have a really good income from? site like OnlyFans where, you know, uh, it's outside of their normal career, or maybe that is their career because they're bringing in, you know, a lot of money and it's a way for them to support their family and they found a niche in that sense. Or is it like too skeevy for you and you wouldn't want to bring your kids to a school where a parent is involved in that? And if that's the case, then how do you know how many other parents are doing the same thing? You just haven't heard about it. But um, is it too scary to even have a site like this because of how easy it is for possibly kids to access it and find their teacher on there or, you know, their local, uh, safety person that crosses them across the street or the teacher or the principal or, um, you know, the mayor of a city or something like that. Like, are you, is it too vulnerable to even have a site out there or should it be something where people just use discretion and, um, make their money and live their best life. And if you're just um, wanting to do the same thing, you maybe reach out to them and find out how they did it.
1: <laughs> the underscore IO underscore shrink. If you're not on TikTok, following that account, go to TikTok and follow that account. Um, I can't say it any clearer than that. We are on the verge of starting video um, Episodes that you will find on YouTube. We are also on the verge of starting live streams on multiple platforms, so you're gonna want to be there. And
0: if you're interested in a webinar, I would be curious to hear what your thoughts are on what that webinar or even just like a live uh, chat would look like. You know, what would you want to talk about? What would you want to discuss? Is it about me personally? Is it about the business or do you have business questions or uh, concerns? I'd love to hear it. You can add me on on Facebook at Tiffany Rufino. Um, you can add me on on Instagram at Tiff Rufino. You, like Jeff said, you could hit me up at the underscore I O underscore sh- the underscore shrink at um, TikTok. Uh, and you could also check out our website and email any feedback from there. Don't forget to check out our event page, we have pictures from our last event, but also we have events coming up. We have um, we are starting to narrow dates down. It looks like we, we might be doing something digital in March um, and doing California later, but April is going, going to be in Raleigh. Um, May is going to be in D.C., And then uh, later in the year, we're going to do Chicago and New York and possibly Vegas and also possibly California, revisit that conversation. So um, you could catch us there and keep up to date with tour information and ticket information. And don't forget to like, subscribe and share.